Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. History has a lot to teach us. It may not repeat itself, but it certainly rhymes with itself from time to time. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, is here to talk about one particular verse in the heartbreaking sonnet of the Second World War that we're hearing again these days. Now, Lincoln, last time you told us about the Warsaw Ghetto and the destruction of 400,000 people there. And I want to begin a continuation of that discussion with this one little fact that I read about in Newsweek the other day. Okay? 30% of Americans believe what we're talking about today didn't happen at the level we're talking about it today. 30% of this country right now, who's about to do the very same thing with another people group, simply says, that Holocaust stuff, fake news. How do you respond to that? Well, they need to read some real history. (laughs) But yes, history is complicated. I've read a lot about Irving, I forget his first name, the historian who got sued for being a Holocaust denier. And and, and if there's anyone trying to document it, they often refer to Irving. I've listened to a lot of his presentations. And I don't pick up that Irving himself was trying to say that the Holocaust didn't happen. He was a historian that followed the facts. Mm -hmm. And there's two things going on there. First of all, the Nazis documented many things but other things, even the final solution, they kept a bit quiet about yes, <laughs> yes. So if you're just looking at historic records, you might miss some of it. Mm-hmm. Irving's point, though, I heard him say this, he disputes that six million Jews were killed. Mm-hmm. He said it was lower. It was, I think he says about three million. Well, when you're talking incomprehensible numbers, <laughs> what uh, difference does I, it make? I mean, there's still to be accuracy, yeah. but the essential point hasn't been changed. And one thing that he does point out that is worth remembering, and especially from religious liberty, the Jews were not the only ones killed in the horrors of World War II. The Nazis freely exterminated physical and mental defectives, political enemies, communists, straight to the gas chambers, Mm -hmm. and religious dissidents. Mm -hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses were, were almost wiped out in Germany. So there was great religious animus even beyond the Jews. But it's as plain a fact as history. In fact, the more you investigate, as, as you've commented on even my descriptions, it's just, it's just stomach-churning. Yes. The fact it gets worse and worse if you really investigate. Once you get into that bestial level, nothing is unthinkable because it's just pure evil and debauchery. And this happened in a state-sponsored way in a supposedly civilized country of Europe. So to think that it's beyond any country or any people is to be naive. So when you say state-sponsored, you're saying that what happened was legal? Not only legal, it was mandatory. And that was the excuse of a lot of the war criminals who were executed, just following orders. And, you know, none of us should encourage each other or anyone else to to be civilly disobedient lightly. I mean, we have the Bible is very plain. We have an obligation toward duly set up rulers, even if in a dictatorship, I believe. A Christian is not called to be an enemy of the state. But when the state 
asks us or advances immoral, murderous policies, we have to speak up. We have to not cooperate with that. I think that's, that's a principle that's been well established, but forgotten by most people. And this is the reason to reiterate some of these things of the past and that they creep in on people. We're in the middle of one now where it seems logical to defend our country, to close the borders, to cordon off certain groups, take the babies away from people who who are a threat to us. And, you know, at first it's just bureaucratic insensitivity perhaps, but there's a thin line when you get functionaries that are entitled and told do this. And after a while, the baser elements of nature kick in. A country feels the leaders might feel more empowered to be tough because the people want it. And off you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have necessarily uh, anything quite like a malign Hitler in the West anywhere. Mm-hmm. That was what was special there. But we, we always have baser instincts of leaders who can encourage and in turn be encouraged by a bad response from their citizenry. And we need to be on, on guard against that. You know, when we talk about exclusion orders, we began this conversation on our last program and we're continuing it now. I look to the Bible to see if God ever had some exclusion orders, and I can find two places where he did, as a matter of fact. There was war in heaven, and what happened there, Lincoln? What was God's exclusion order, and how did that play out from heaven? Well, a third of the angels were expelled. Expelled. Uh, They weren't killed. They weren't gassed. They weren't destroyed. They, They were moved from one place to where? A newly created world. Oh, my. How horrible is that? That was a theocracy where God was directly executing judgment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're naive to think that God isn't going to cleanse the entire universe of corruption at some point. Uh, That point is not with us now. It's not given to us to think we act for God. It's very plain. As Jesus came and told us in the Christian dispensation, we're to have love, to love our neighbors ourselves, to love your enemies. No, there's no ongoing authorization from my Bible to do the sorts of things that even in the very Old Testament under a direct judgmental element of God were done. No, we're not like that. We can't be like that. As Jesus said, you're like your father, the devil, if you do such things. And also, the second exclusion order came not too long after that, when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden Eden. They were taken out of the Garden and put into a newly created world. And what changed was that the Garden of Eden did not decay, but the world did. So, in other words, God simply moved Adam and Eve out of perfection into imperfection. Again, he didn't kill them. He didn't slice them up. He didn't he didn't destroy them. So, God's exclusion orders come out a little bit differently than the ones you were talking about from the, in the Warsaw Ghetto. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Taking the parallel to exclusion. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're dealing now with violent acts towards yes. people groups and what might motivate them. Irving, the author that's really inadvertently, I I think in some regards, been the justifier for people that deny the Holocaust. The Holocaust happened. While it might be possible to cut the number of Jews killed, there's still an unimaginable number, (laughs) even if you take those lower amounts, and it was most of a whole people and would have been all of them if Hitler hadn't been stopped. But at the same time, there were tens of millions of Russians that were killed. Mm The Nazi killing squads followed the army up into uh, the Slavic areas and they would wipe out village after village systematically. It wasn't like killing randomly. No, it was to kill everything that moved in that village because they were creating living room 
for Germans. They yeah. intended to settle. So they were replacing one people with another. Yeah. Sounds a little bit like settling yes. the Indian lands yes. to me. Yes. It was very systematic, very brutal. And yes, so peoples were killed on unimaginable levels. But with the Jewish people, it particularly had a malevolency because there was a whole program to portray them as evil and, and as rats and vermin and all the rest and as, as the perpetrators of every financial collapse and every scheme. Mm-hmm. There was a dual element to it. I don't know how easily you can determine Jewish ethnicity, but it wasn't that per se. It was if you were part of Judaism, yeah. a religious follower. And the Bible's very plain. You became a Jew by accepting the requirements of the uh, of the law, just, just like you can join Islam or you can become a Protestant or whatever. Yeah. And then once they joined that community, then their bloodline was linked. But the Nazis had it to the vanishing point. In, in many cases, almost one drop of blood, and you could be condemned. Although there were some grand inconsistencies. There was a friend that Hitler had that he made him an honorary Aryan <laughs> <laughs> to spare him. But generally, there's this blood guilt that they visited upon a whole people and a whole faith group that we really should draw some uh, salutary lessons from. We may or may not see it in quite the same way, but... I'd like to do a program on it down the line, but I've noticed, I don't watch all the movies or read all the books that the young people are on about now, but there's a movie just come out called The uh, Purge. Mm. And uh, it's a futuristic society, well-ordered and well-ruled and all the rest. But every year for four days, people are allowed to run free, Mm. uh, let off their emotions, kill whoever they hate. So there's mass killings for four days that are state-sanctioned. All I think of is in uh, Esther and Ahasuerus's time in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. where the Jews were uh, fair game for a certain time period. They were to be killed freely, and they saved themselves by defending themselves. Mm-hmm. And I read in the Bible, Jesus spoke of it, and in Revelation it says, the day will come when people think they're doing the very will of God to kill you. Mm-hmm. I think that is the purge. And we need to resist it as human beings, not just as Christians. We cannot afford to act like murderous lemmings. Yes, yes. Because I noticed that on the Indian exclusion, the the chief said that we want to live like human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a statement during the uh, Warsaw ghetto Mm -hmm. where they said this. One of the Jewish groups that were fighting, they said, Jewish masses not religious mass, the group, Jewish masses, the hour is drawing near. You must be ready to resist, not to give yourselves up to slaughter as sheep. Not a single Jew should go to the railroad cars. Those who are unable to put up an active resistance should resist passively, meaning go into hiding. Our slogan must be, all are ready to die as human beings. As human you know, beings. There, there's the secret right not there. Not as, as animal. Human, yeah. Human beings. We're human beings. If we respect other human beings, it heads off a lot of trouble. I know the military, they think of necessity, have to dehumanize yes. the enemy. Yes. It's not good. We need to see other people. You know, there's a statement in a song I heard from South Africa and back in the Jim Reeves era. It says, a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. We need to think the brotherhood of all humanity will head off a lot of religious persecution, and a lot of ethnic cleansing. 
Christ in the heart, Lincoln. That's where it's at. Christ in the heart. If we have Christ in our heart, we don't see people as animals. We see them as brothers and sisters. Am I on the right track? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's our brother, our heavenly brother. And we have to rise to the heavenly standard in our behavior with each other. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing words from your heart. We appreciate that. Thank you, Lincoln. And listener, our website is libertymagazine.org. Check it out. Lots of good resources there for you. You can listen to these programs. You can subscribe to the magazine. You can read all of the articles there, and I recommend that you do so. Also, if you'd like to subscribe to someone in your neighborhood, you just simply put that information there and Liberty Magazine will make sure that person receives their copy on a regular basis, just like you do. That's all at libertymagazine.org. Until next time, this is, we need to, we just need God's love. That's all there is. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>